Welcome to the High at Nine News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, February 2nd. Today is National Heavenly Hash Day. And no, they're not talking about our kind of hash. They're talking about some type of dessert. It is Optimist Day, Gretchen. I hope you're feeling very optimistic. It's National also Tater Tot Day. Shout out to Pablo or Pedro wherever you are and it's also national groundhog day that's right today could be the start of spring and thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us it's also high noon on the east coast and please remember to like share and subscribe to us on all social media platforms especially right here on youtube you can use that little scantron up in the top left hand corner of your screen to scan us and see exactly where we are on everywhere we're live every Monday through Friday here on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show if you have a comment on the story most recently presented. But coming up first, we have the dope dad himself. That's right. When he's not taking care of his children, you can find him taking care of grown-ass children, generally babysitting them and wiping their tears from misery because he just gave them a reality check at a TEDx convention. That's right. Is the dope dad himself, Rico Meat. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, everybody. So I have a very, very special story this morning. And um, as we enter a new era of the Uber Chad. So thank you, everybody. Um, my story today is all about, bring it up right here. Apologies, apologies. Bentley Motors, ex-CEO. His name is Mark De La Rosa. It's from Market Watch by Steve Gelsey. There's a new luxury cannabis company run by former car executives, and they're using jet engine technology in production. Garcia handpicked, sure. They may have had great weed, but the branding and audience catered to, way too low class. Cure Leaf, there's plenty of money in generic and accessible lane. Sadly, they were just a bit out of the schedule. Great people, though. Problem with California cannabis, you see, the reason we've witnessed so much failure over the last several years has nothing to do with infrastructure. Remember, rappers, they drive Bentleys too. Luxury cannabis connoisseurs have been ignored and underserved for far too long, and it's time the industry taught a lesson on how to attract the true luxury buyer. Culture 
Status, sophistication, they want the best. Maybe we were wrong worrying about big alcohol, tobacco, and pharma all along, because those are the real words spoken from the lips of the self-appointed leader of California Weed's next generation of industry uber chads, Mark Del Rosso. Del Rosso is the former president and CEO of Bentley Motors and says that he's grown bored of the way y'all broke asses have been handling this cannabis shit. He spent the last 30 years as a luxury automotive executive at the helm of top brands such as Audi America and Bentley. And now he's following a different calling, uh, calling to innovate and pioneer in solventless extraction and design from quality to experience. Those are his words. After leaving the CEO position at Hyundai's new luxury moniker, Genesis Brand, in 2021 for personal reasons and taking a couple years off in Southern California, you know, just figuring shit out. After a messy divorce, he uh, probably followed by smoking a ton of weed on his homeboy's couch. He had an epiphany. Del Rosso knew that, uh, what luxury car connoisseurs wanted from a cannabis company, and they weren't getting it. So he and feller, uh, fellow former Genesis America car executive Dustin Touche decided to leave the high-end car biz and hit the wide open roads of California cannabis. This spring, they'll be launching their new luxury brand, Liberté, that's how it's pronounced, that's what he said, Liberté, uh, to address what they say is a gap in the market and that's begging to be filled. They say their secret sauce is Touche's newly developed proprietary method of uh, processing cannabis oil, applying never before seen methods in jet engine fuel mixing. He says the process uses water instead of paddle uh, agitation and solvents for washing hash, delivering its own flavor and cannabis experience with only ice, water, heat, and pressure, without the use of low-grade harmful chemicals like butane. High-grade hash, yes, it's what the elites hunger for. Liberté plans to deliver an exclusive bespoke cannabis product experience similar to the new standard Del, uh, Del Rosso helped create in high-end automotive sales. If a brand doesn't create a different, uh, differentiated product, then you can't create pricing power. We're going to be able to craft small batch with not a lot of volume. He says Liberté will stand apart not only because of its hash washing process, but also because of the luxury market expertise of its founders. We are a highly competent, highly professional group of people that are taking over an industry that might not yet be at our level and can readily benefit from our professional approach. We see that as a clear differentiator as we move forward, whether it's tomorrow or five years. A quick glance at the website's team page reveals three people next to Del Rosso and Touche. Uh, it's a third co-founder and project manager, Colin Kaiser, who brings, quote, an enthusiasm for, car, uh, for cannabis and an entrepreneurial drive that sets the tone for how work is done at Liberté. Kaiser's LinkedIn, LinkedIn page shows prior to Liberté, he was an assistant JV football coach at Miracosta High School. <laughs> he has luxury marketing experience indeed. Uh, in a cringeworthy interview at, with Yahoo Finance last week, Del Russo uh, not only vomited three plates worth of luxury automotive marketing word salad bullshit, it, but he also dropped a very peculiar hint at a pricing model, he says, reflects the idea of creating the best in class value for the client. It's really a connoisseur grade and the cura uh, curation of the finest. So our range will be anywhere from $50 to $1,000. But again, it's creating value within a segment and within the industry. It sounds to me like he's looking to gentrify 
and level up on the monogram market Jay-Z and the parent company already conquered. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe he's on to something. They've raised a million dollars in C funding from family and friends and planned direct sales and delivery uh, for an exclusive whole plant experience line of products, including solventless disposable vape pens. Edibles, hash infused, pre-roll, cannabis, cigarettes. And uh, starting in Los Angeles, rather uh, than through dispensaries by the end of May. I swear I've heard and seen the same damn pitch from Chad's and Brad's a million times over, claiming that their expertise is going to be the difference and pave the way for guaranteed dominance amongst a crowd of dummies who've spent generations in this shit. Um, the timing is every Billionaires are made in down markets. So my question of the day is this. Is Liberté onto something here with their prediction of an ultra-luxury California market soon to rise like a phoenix from the ashes of the legacy operators, or are they just going to be like the rest of them and be gone in a couple of months? I'm Rico Lamit, dopest dad on the street. I'd love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think of Liberté? I mean, you're talking about a product. You're talking about a product. They're talking about it. it it's selling for a thousand dollars, which means the tax on it's going to be at least over five hundred dollars on that item. So you're talking about closer, you know, if you want to round up closer to a two thousand dollar item as opposed to a thousand dollar item after you, after you put in all the taxes that you got to pay. But Liberté. But it's Liberté. It is worth it. Okay, this is luxury, Jason. You clearly don't know what you're talking about because the cannabis industry is run by schmucks. And these guys from the car industry and high school football are going to come in and save it. Okay, so I'm all in for Liberté. I found, I found, <laughs> go ahead, Gretchen. Can someone, can someone speak to the science? I mean, does. Yeah, I want to hear about, about that too. From the hash makers. Of, you know, for actually extracting. Well, I mean, what kind of products are they making? Because it, it just says that they're doing a solvent free. If I if I read correctly, solvent solvent free just for the record does not mean solvent less. But most people are thinking in their minds as far as quality products, solvent free generally means a CO two product. So I'm willing to bet that this is going to be a big boof product right here. So this is direct from the uh, from the interview, and it, it says it's going to be. Uh, let's see. Uh, the process uses water instead of paddle agitation and solvents. For washing hash. But water's a solvent. Yes, it is. Uh, Just saying. Uh, but he says he's going to be delivering its own flavor and cannabis experience with only ice, water, heat, and pressure. Without so they're making rosin. No one's ever done okay. that before, you guys. Oh, my, oh my God. God. This, guy's, I, I, this guy's telling us. I love I mean, these dudes. I, they are I, so cringy. Oh, my these, God. These guys are from big money, and I find it very appalling, the fact that they've only raised a million dollars. Right? That's small money in cannabis, bro. I mean, come on. Question. Yes, go ahead, Nick. Is using jet fuel instead of butane an attractive, you know, type of thing? <laughs> well, it does it does burn at a hotter temperature. I do have I do have a friend that has a Chinese restaurant and um one of the dishes that they make, they actually use uh, jet fuel for the cooking because it's the only thing that will burn hot enough to cook this certain type of meal. I don't know. Just as a consumer, that just no. doesn't sound like something, uh, a buying point. To I me. would think you would want your solvent to burn off at a lower temperature so that you burn it off before you um, uh, send the product out for consumption. Right. Governor Wildstar. That shit, man. Governor Wildstar, my question to you is do you drive a Bentley? <laughs> Hell no, nor would I ever. Well, this product ain't for you. 
I mean, in all fairness, I wouldn't drive a Bentley either. If I had a Bentley, I'd begin driving around in it. True. I think it's I think it's clear that just by the fact that they've only raised a million dollars that this is the dumbest idea ever and it's not going to happen. I mean, where's your market for this product? Like Brad's and Chad's, are you going to get your friends to buy it? You know, it's like give me a fucking break. It's just I, I don't know. I disagree. I think there will be a market. Of course you disagree. I think, well, somebody's got to disagree instead That's of just right. everything. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I think there is absolutely going to be a niche luxury uh, end of this market at some time or other. These guys are. I mean, whatever happened with a uh, Dan Bazilia? What's his name? That Dan Bazarian. Yeah, Dan Bazarian. Ignite Canvas, baby. I mean, I mean, didn't anybody didn't anybody learn anything from from the from Candescent? That was supposed to be the ultimate luxury brand. Of all this shit, whoop de whoop de whoop, and they spent so much money on packaging, and that shit just died and went off well, somewhere. Well, I think I think the problem with Candescent is it was there's not always it's not always best to be first through the wall. Um, I think if these guys have a brain in their head, they're gonna wait for some regs to roll out. They're gonna go and get some money from their Chads and Brads or whoever you call them. They better whatever. go get some more money than the million they've already gotten. I, I don't think they're. I don't think their target demographic is the culture or you know the people who've been in this industry forever. I think they're looking for idiots who like to just spend money. Yeah, um, but their tar their target demographic isn't even that, the type of people that are going to consume this type of product. Yeah, the crypto. Right, exactly. Your target demographic. Your Their target demographic. Let me tell you, if their target demographic would be someone that was gonna that would buy like a very expensive cigar that had hash inside of it, that would be their target demographic. But most of those people don't mm -hmm. even have the tolerance to be able to consume that type of product in the first place. Well, maybe they, they haven't been similar. given the right marketing yet to get the, to that. No, they, they, they need. They need. Sticks. They need. There's a good only, market for tie sticks. This Maybe sounds in like Thailand. Thing to be sold at Mar-a-Lago, Jason. I could see this all over Mar-a-Lago. Oh, 100%. I would totally, yes, 100%. That's who's going to buy it, Gretchen. This, I would sell it. this at Mar-a-Lago. You're 100% right. Right here over at the bar over there on the left. <laughs> yeah, this, dude, this dude's fantastic, though. His team is fantastic. And uh... do, do you find it funny, Rico, that they claim that they're going to be paving the way since they're from the automotive industry? Yes, that, that, that so yes, they're paving the they're paving the way. To I found success. that pretty interesting. I, I just love the fact that they're calling themselves pioneers. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so they're they're, they're, they're pioneers. <laughs> That's right. Oh my goodness. The, the goal. Oh 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 my goodness. Great this story. So, yes. Let's keep it moving. Oh man, but let's keep it moving. Let's run that ad. Let's run that ad, Adam. He's universally known for smoking the best weed in the world, ducking and dodging Gretchen Gilly's debt collection attempts and not giving too many fucks about your feelings. Up next is the cannabis industry's very own Kaiser, Kaiser Brose, the longest continuously operating, operate, 
continuously operating retailer in the world, Jason Beck. What do you got for us today, my man? Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Oh, man, I hope everybody's ready for this. It's just about to get real, all right, because we're going to go to Michigan, you guys. Are you guys ready to go? It's going to be a long adventure. It's about 3,000 miles away from here. But the feds investigate an ex-House Speaker Johnson for bribery in pot licensing. That's right. FBI agents and a federal grand jury have spent more than two years investigating whether former Michigan House Speaker Rick Johnson and others received bribes in return for awarding state licenses to operate medical marijuana facilities. And just note that in here, it does have an H in the word marijuana. Uh, the Detroit News has learned the probe has potential to raise new questions about financial influences over Lansing's, the state's ethics policies, while the GOP controlled the legislature and how Michigan's burgoing marijuana industry was shaped. Three sources familiar with the probe described a prolonged ongoing investigation involving Johnson's nearly two years as tenure as chairman of the medical marijuana licensing board. The sources declined. Uh, the sources declined to be identified because they weren't authorized to speak about the secret federal investigation. Sounds like something else is going on. Johnson 70, uh, 70, who oversaw the board from May 2017 through April 2019, has not been charged with any wrongdoing. The existence of the federal investigation <coughs> was confirmed in court records obtained by the news and that are marked in quotes, United States of America versus Johnson Rick V, and provide a partial roadmap of the probe since September of 2020. Describing search warrants, grand jury subpoenas targeting Johnson's bank records and the seizure of Johnson's cell phone, along with a computer from his wife, Janice, the records <coughs> are exhibits in a lawsuit filed against Johnson and his wife for failure to pay legal work in conjunction with the federal invest criminal investigation. The case filed back in 2021 includes legal bills from Grand Rapids criminal defense attorney Christopher Koch, uh, who billed Johnson for, for talking to a federal prosecutor about Johnson's bank records from 2016 to 2020 that were subpoenaed by a grand jury. The period covers his time leading the medical marijuana, marijuana licensing panel. Brian Breslin, who managed uh, appointments for former Governor Rick Snyder when Johnson was appointed to the head of the Me medical marijuana board back in 2017, also confirmed to the news that he was questioned by the FBI agent about Johnson. In a quote, he says, I'm not going any further than that, Breslin said in a phone interview. An FBI spokeswoman declined to comment, but a source familiar with the FBI investigation confirmed to the news the questioning of Breslin was related to bribery allegations made against Johnson during his time overseeing the state's marijuana board. Johnson did not respond to four calls seeking comment over six days, and Snyder uh, appointed Johnson, a Republican from Leroy, as chairman of the five-member licensing board in May of 2017, despite concerns about Johnson's prior work as a lobbyist. The licensing board had the power to decide which business got into the developing marijuana industry first, as Chairman Johnson had the power to influence the board's agenda and dictate which marijuana grower and retail license applications were considered and when, in 2018, Michigan voters approved a ballot proposal to allow for the use and sale and of cannabis 
throughout the state. Uh, the Johnson Probe, the five-member medical marijuana licensing board, approved about 150 licenses for business in growing, processing, selling, transporting, and testing in June of 2018 through April of 2019 when its last meeting was held. Under state law, the board had the power to help the, the Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs set rules for the marijuana industry and decide whether to grant or deny applications for licenses. Applicants were supposed to be disqualified if they had a recent felony, if they weren't residents of Michigan, and if they had failed to demonstrate the ability to maintain adequate insurance. The board was also able to consider the person's finances, experience, integrity, moral character, and reputation, according to the law. In March of 2019, less than three months into his first term, Governor Gretchen Whitmer issued an executive order abolishing the Medical Marijuana Licensing Board and creating a state agency to oversee the regulation on both medical and recreational cannabis. The executive, in a quote, this, this executive order will eliminate inefficiencies that have made it difficult to meet the needs of Michigan's medical marijuana patients, Whitmer said at the time. Or maybe that was just for them to cover up that $40 million that they uh, took from the veterans. But nonetheless, by the following year, federal investigators were examining Johnson and his wife, Janice. According to court documents, Rick and Janice Johnson signed an agreement to hire the law firm Seacrest, Wardy, Lynch, Hampton, Truex, and Morley in August of 2020, according to a lawsuit that referenced United States versus Johnson. In the 2021 suit by the law firm ongoing, the couple uh, included a summary of the firm's work, the records of their investigators, few um, view of a secret federal grand jury investigation and describe evidence seized by federal investigators and, and mention Bank of America records from 2016 to 2020, a period that covers the months preceding Johnson's appointment to the Medical Marijuana Board and his tenure as chairman. The, the, the billing records attached to the lawsuit also confirm that the grand jury has issued subpoenas and shows how the lawyer responded to the criminal investigation as far back as September of 2020. That month, the lawyer uh, indicated investigators had seized Rick Johnson's cell phone and a computer tower belonging to Janice Johnson, allegedly. There, these are multiple references to government subpoenas. There are also references to O'Connor and apparent references to Assistant U.S. Attorney Christopher O'Connor, a federal prosecutor in Grand Rapids who handles corruption. That's right. He is the lead U.S. attorney in the federal bribery and extortion case against former Representative Larry Inman, a Republican from Williamsburg in Grand Traverse County. Uh, investigations abound. And the grand jury investigation involving Johnson is the fourth state federal criminal case underway involving Republicans at the top levels of state government in Lansing that includes a state attorney general investigation of the for, for the political fundraising accounts of two Republican former legislative leaders, ex-House Speaker Lee Chatfield of, of Levering and ex-Senate Majority Leader Mike Shariki of Cake Lake. Uh, Kimberly Bush, a spokeswoman for the attorney general, and Dan and Nessel declined to say this week whether Nessel's office was involved in investigating of Johnson. And this thing just goes on and on and on and on and on. But coming up, Lansing, uh, da, 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 da. the medical marijuana licensing board held its last meeting back in 2019. During the meeting, Rick uh, Johnson became emotional 
thanking the state employees and medical marijuana entrepreneurs for their work in the market. In a quote, he says, the biggest reason I'm here is it really has helped two members of my family, Johnson said. Keep doing what you're doing because those are the people that need to be helped. Johnson registered uh, to lobby again in Michigan back in March of 2020 after licensing after the licensing board and ending according to state disclosures and man this just sounds like all kinds of craziness going on in michigan what do y'all have to say about this shocking corruption in cannabis i'm so shocked that governments have been selling licenses i mean it sucks but it's 100 percent what's happening and one of the biggest problems in cannabis right now is that it's it's just not fucking fair mm -hmm. um, and being built on the backs of people who are in jail and who are not seeing the million dollar returns. Um, and it's just it's just sad. Dr. It's Mary, sad. you being from Michigan, is this part of the course? <laughs> I don't know if I can say that the Michigan legislature is consistently, uh, you know, corrupt and doing things like this. I don't know that I have that individual exposure, but it sure has been disappointing a lot of the decisions they've made lately. I mean, this decision is, um, if, or if this is in fact happening, this is a real problem. And, you know, the Flint water crisis, again, another yep. thing that was not thoroughly thought through that led to enriching fixed. a few people on the backs of a lot of poor people that were just, you know, ground down even further. So I have to agree with Liz. It's uh, it's too bad that we can't focus more on the legacy growers and, and uh, really help bring them up. You know, what bothers me the most about this article is it just further highlights the corruption in government, but it just um, points out one individual when we know there's dozens, if not, you know, more than hundreds that are doing the exact same thing. I know it's happening here in Fresno, that's for sure. So, you know, it's just it's happening elsewhere. To speak to your point, Nicholas, you know, something something funny about this in, in the article, there was a whole bunch of stuff, but the lead the lead prosecutor um, had, had a quote in there, and he basically said that there is government corruption in every single city in America. He said all that it takes is you have to have the right people with the right information if you want to be able to uncover it. Otherwise, it'll never be uncovered. You're right, though, Nicholas. I mean, they're probably calling out this guy so that they can turn your head and your attention from another right. guy who's yeah. probably even more effective at it. And then and then they can distract well, you so that they can I, keep the profit. <laughs> Excuse me. I think this is this is to distract. I think this is more to distract against the forty million dollars that Governor Whitmer doesn't want to talk about in regards to taking the money from the veterans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's, a, there's a lot. There's just a lot of uh, corruption across the board going on in Michigan. And mm -hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see how this year plays out because it's, it's going to be very pivotal uh, for their industry as a whole. Um, uh, the U.S. industry. But Michigan is supposed to be like one of the biggest hubs in the Midwest, uh, period. And if interstate, uh, if interstate uh, um, uh, commerce gets popping, it's going to leave that wide open. If they don't get their shit together, it's going to leave it wide open. And I can see Illinois uh, coming in to make a play on this. And uh, Chicago, mm -hmm. right? More of a mm -hmm. Exactly right. Oh, man. It's just about to go, go, go down out there. You and got anything Texas, on this? 
I just want to say in Texas, they're so desperate for cannabis, they actually sold hemp licenses too, illegally. It's like oh, yeah. sad, the corruption. Yeah. <laughs> you got anything on this, Gretchen? You live in the land of corruption out there in the swamp? I do, I do, and I love the swamp dearly. Um, it's all corrupt. <laughs> who you want me to tell you? I, it's just who can hide the bodies the best. That's the name That's of the right. Game. That's right. That's right. But coming up Jimmy next, she's, what's that, Rico? Jimmy Hoffa. Mi Michigan bodies. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, coming up next, she's a political strategist by day and a baker by night. That's right. She's a true female multitasker who knows how to make the sausage on Capitol Hill. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies and our very own Washington Insider. Taking off the apron and putting it on her dogs because she loves to dress them up is Gretchen Gately. Good afternoon. Speaking of your favorite residents of the swamp, my headline today, Schumer, Booker, and other senators to meet and discuss marijuana legislation, Senate sources say. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and several other key Democratic, Democratic senators are meeting. You Gretchen, you froze up. What happened? It doesn't ever yeah, happen. To you. This is me. a Rico problem. It ain't me. Uh, Wednesday afternoon to just to pass. Oh dear. Can you hear uh oh. Me? Yeah, you keep on freezing, girl. You, oh, you got you got a Rico issue over there with your internet. The swamp. The swamp. Well, it's because it's freezing in my house. It's freezing the internet. All right. Here we go. Let's make it a short story. Democrats are all getting together to talk about pot and how they're the saviors, not inviting the Republicans to the damn party, and they're gonna fuck it up again. This is Gretchen for Hyatt Nine News. Hold on. So basically, the basically the gut the, the Democrats got around, the Senate Democrats got around to have a little circle jerk to pat themselves on the back and tell them how great they're doing, and then to tell the Republicans that they can't come and we're gonna take our ball and we're gonna go home and you can't have anything to do with it. That's it in a nutshell. Uh yes. Uh Schumer, Booker, even Ron Wyden is not coming to this party. He's like, ah, the hell with it. He's not going. Uh, but Sherrod Brown will be attending some other folks who are a big deal and they're going to blame it all on the Republicans again. Although they leave out the fact that we didn't bring shit to the floor for a vote. Oh, Sherrod Brown. We didn't have an actual committee hearing on safe banking. Maybe mm -hmm. that would have helped. What the exactly. fuck? Maybe if you brought some liberté to the liberté media. Liberté might help. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny you say that because one of the biggest ways to get get a, a bill's attention is to be able to get floor time, and floor time has to be granted by the speaker, which is Chuck Schumer dropping the ball again. So it, um, it, it, I can say one problem I do have with this whole thing, if, on a serious note, is that they're not inviting Steve Daines to the table, who is the Senate sponsor of safe banking. If these guys are serious about trying to get Safe Plus or something through. I don't know why the hell they're not inviting the damn sponsor to the damn meeting. First of all, why would you think that these guys are serious about yeah. anything in the first place? Uh, the only thing that they're serious about is getting reelected. That's about it. Well, Steve Daines is not a medium. If he's not a medium, why are you bringing him to the table in the first place? Safe banking is dead. How are you going to talk about Pass that? safe banking already. Fuck safe banking. You're just it a hater, bro. Liberté per safe banking. That's right. That's right. We need that. 
We no, need but that. Like, at, at this at this point, like when they're announcing that we're going to be discussing uh, the, the legalization of cannabis, uh, they're just saying shit to say shit at this point. Like because nothing's going to get passed, nothing's going to be pushed forward, and the Democrats do not have the ability in the Senate anymore uh, to even do anything right. In this case, right, right. They first of all, the, the Democrats never had the ability exactly in the first place. Like, and now like they're the going to put this all on the House and say because the House flipped. That's mm-hmm. why nothing's getting done. Exactly. So if really the, the House is the then let's take some damn leadership in the Senate and actually yeah. start voting on some crap. Yeah, I'll tell you what, there's going to be a number of cannabis power. bills that make it through the House this this uh, this congressional session. What's going to what's going to make it through, Jason? There's going to be a lot of shit that makes it through, bro. I can't tell you everything that's going to happen yet. You just got to wait and keep on tuning <laughs> in to Hyatt Nine News, and I'll be making sure to update you guys in a timely fashion. Facts. Yes. Facts. Move along. Yeah. Washington All right. Sucks. Washington is fucking great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flying into LAX and you want to taste some of the best weed in the world, then stop by LAXCC, the closest dispensary to LAX, located at 8332 Lincoln Boulevard and open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. Always make LAXCC your first stop when you touch down in L.A. and score like a winner. And don't forget to tell them I sent you and mention like to get high at 9 for 10% off. Your full order. And the thoughts and opinions and general overall shade on High 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers do not make representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory of any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship, and our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, this show is probably not for you. And maybe you should go and take it up with one of your corrupt elected officials. Maybe. Coming up next, she's an integrative, a Manhattan-based, five years board-certified integrative medicine internist and two-time best-selling author. When not with patients with alternative medicine, she can also be found in front of her video camera, cooking or walking the Upper West Side. Coming up to the stage next, y'all know who it is, Dr. Mary Clifton. What do you have for us on this beautiful Thursday morning? Welcome to Thursday, everybody. I've got a uh, article from PRI.org, the DFCR, the Doctors for Cannabis Regulation, uh, of which I'm a member, gather support for a New York state to adopt a universal cannabis product symbol. The Doctors for Cannabis Regulation, we'll call them the DFCR, and 22 other organizations urge New York officials to adopt an international intoxicating cannabinoid product symbol, which is the IICPS, the International Intoxicating Cannabinoid Product Symbol, IICPS. 
the DFCR, the global voice for physicians and other health professionals to advance the legalization and science-based regulation of cannabis, has submitted a letter to the New York State Cannabis Control Board and the New York Office of Cannabis Management, urging them to adopt this international intoxicating cannabinoid product symbol for all cannabis product packages sold in New York State. 22 other organizations have also signed on. The letter was officially addressed to Chair Tremaine Wright and Executive Director Christopher Alexander. In the summer of 22, the Office of Cannabinoid Medicine uh, proposed a universal symbol for cannabis product labels, which was presented but and then slightly revised in December. In response to their call for comment, the DFCR and the other signatories have concluded that the current symbol, as is, has several severe deficiencies in its design and function. It's overly complex and dilutes the fundamental public safety function of the cannabis product symbol, which allows people to identify a cannabis product at a quick glance. Secondly, those behind the symbol would require that all cannabis packages be printed in just four colors, black, white, red, and yellow, which would be a burden on small businesses already facing barriers to entry into the cannabis space due to the major expenses required to start a legal business. And thirdly, the correct symbol will most likely need to be updated in the next few years because the term THC, which is included in the symbol, assumes that the intoxicating effects of cannabis are solely based upon THC content. And while currently unregulated, there are other products that are not THC that we also know are intoxicating. These products will likely merit labeling within the cannabis product symbol in the future, even if they don't contain uh, THC. There was a full list of 23 signatories, including the nation's largest organizations supporting public health, social justice, uh, patient consumer and industry advocacy in the cannabis space, including the American Cannabis Nurses Association, the Association for Cannabis Health Equity and Medicine, the Cannabis Association of New York, uh, clergy for a new drug policy, uh, the Marijuana Policy Project, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, Patients Out of Time, uh, that California-based uh, uh, company, the Society of Cannabis Clinicians, Students for Sensible Drug Policy, Veterans Cannabis Coalition, a broad amount of support to uh, consider this uh, adoption of this international intoxicating cannabinoid product symbol. And um, I wanna see if I can uh, pull this up for you so that it's um and this and this seems to me to be a very clear symbol i'm just going to shrink it down just a little bit uh just recognizing that the product contains cannabis but not necessarily thc and uh and gets uh in the way of a lot of pretty wacky you know uh product symbols that are currently being used i'm just going to uh uh scroll a bit so you can see these other symbols that are being used that might not be as straightforward i do like the idea of the new symbol and i like the idea of uh removing those packaging restrictions to four colors i don't understand why why things have to be red black white or yellow in order to contain cannabis um but that's uh, my story today, considering the adoption of a universal cannabis product symbol uh, to help with public safety and recognition. And I'm Dr. Mary Clifton reporting uh, from New York City for High at Nine.
Thank you Dr. Matt. Do- <laughs> got so many questions about this one. Like, yeah. why, why would you just use the California one? It's already all over the place. I mean, well, I mean, because <laughs> they have to determine what's actually boof and what's actually fire weed. And so this is this is actually the New York international symbol for boof products. And so, that, so Dr. Mary, are they are yeah, they that's, making that's the that's the California symbol in case you guys want to see yes. it. Yeah, I was gonna ask, don't points. we already have those symbols? But I guess it's state Each by state. state. Is, yeah, those yeah. symbols are those yeah. symbols are state yeah. by state. But it's Dr. Mary, are you telling me are you telling me that New York is saying that for packaging you can only have your packaging in four different colors, or is it only for that logo? Well, now that's what I was uh, wondering if this is if this if that uh, comment relates to the packaging or if it just uh, relates. I don't think it's the logo. I think they're recommending that the packaging colors are just those four colors. I I, I agree with that. I, I agree mm-hmm. with that because I know in California your universal symbol has to be black. Period. You can't divert oh, yeah. from 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 that. Oh really? Um, yes, black. yes. And so I would imagine. I would imagine that the, the colors for the universal symbol, you have to use those, but they're only saying that your packaging can only be in any of those four colors if you want it to be compliant, which right. is going to make it really hard for people to uh, um, distinct between products and brands because everything is just going to look the same, not to mention cookies is going to have to change every single one of their packaging because it's none of those colors. Um, yeah, I mean, unless they can maybe because their color is more of like a dark pink, maybe they could move to like a reddish pink and get within the red guidelines, right? Like a salmon. Yeah, no. <laughs> like a salmon. Medium like a salmon color. Medium. medium? A coral. Yeah, medium. Yeah. 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 Like it's skin. a yeah. It does. It does represent a significant burden, especially if somebody's already purchased a lot of uh, packaging, and then you have to shift just because. Red was one of the colors that's approved, right, Dr. Mary? Yeah. yeah. It's funny. It's funny because red is the most attractive color to the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yellow is supposed to cause a lot of irritation and anger. They always say never to paint your rooms in yellow because it brings out, yep. you know, fighting within. Yep. But- color theory. Makes you want mm-hmm. to color, color theory. theory. Yeah. Want but I don't understand that. how purple or pink or or any other color is going to attract children or detract from your ability to, you know, make sure that cannabis is kept safe from, you know, the question always comes back to what about the children? I mean, what's the reason for that type of a packaging restriction? I don't I mean, see well, a good reason. How come alcohol doesn't have to have a universal symbol on it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and certainly cigarettes do, right? I mean, you hear mm-hmm. all the time about. Well, they have a stamp. They have a stamp based on the state for the taxes. They don't have necessarily a universal symbol other than the Surgeon General warning. We better be careful what we ask for. All the cigarettes in Europe have these crazy pictures of like. I'm fine with that. I love those. <laughs> those are the best. Those are the best. <laughs> those are new garbage pail kids. I think. I think you should have um, um, for the booth. Um, I'm packaging, Jason. Maybe you should have like a sad cannabis leaf. They're just like wilted over the side. Oh, it's like wilted. Yeah, they yeah. should make a wilted leaf. It's like an upside brown, down cannabis. Leaf. Maybe like lay, laying on the couch, you know, yeah. supporting all of those prohibitionist philosophies that cannabis people just lay on the couch and don't pr- <laughs> don't produce anything. I thought more people on cannabis rode bikes in New York than anything. Why would you say yeah. that? Gotta be high to ride a bike. Because the, the bike messenger service is number one delivery <laughs> yeah. platform in New York. 
Yeah. Uh, the bikes are absolutely a nuisance right now because they're all on these half hour timelines after orders and they all have motors. So the bikes are flying around at 30 miles an hour in the bike lanes. It's like dangerous. They've yeah, got to do something, I think, before it hurts a tourist because the tourists just don't know to look up for a 30 mile an hour bike. Those damn yeah. bikers. Oh, man. Yeah, teach well, them a lesson. Yeah, we got to well, thank you so much for that, Dr. Mary. We got to run this last ad so we can keep in time so Gretchen doesn't keep sighing at us because I can see her face already. <laughs> run the you want to grow some of the best weed in the world? Then you must start with the best genetics in the so world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh to see why our terps don't lie. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, we have the man, the myth, the legend. That's right, Nicholas Wildstar. He's the people representing the black conservative voice whose existence Joe Biden would love to silence for even acknowledging it exists. That's right. Here to change the narrative is none other than himself, the governor, Nicholas Wildstar. Hey. You're on mute. You're on mute, Nick. All right. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Yeah, baby. My bad. My bad. What's up, y'all? And thank you. Thank you for that introduction, JB. Uh, the first store in Illinois to combine marijuana and alcohol sales opened Wednesday in Wheeling with its owners hoping to make it a place for customers to hang out and relax. OK Cannabis is unlike any other business in the state hosting licensed cannabis sales under the same roof with West Town Bakery, which serves beer, wine, and liquor, as well as bakery goods and other food. The majority owner is Charles Mayfield, who is interim chief operating officer for Chicago Public Schools and Chicago 47th Ward Alderman Amaya Pavar and others are minority owners. They formed a partnership with West Town Bakery to include a cafe and an event space that can be rented out for birthday parties or other occasions. Through Mayfield, who is African-American, the owners qualified as among the first social equity dispenser owners to open in the state and in the suburbs specifically. I'll get that out correctly. The massive 12,000 square foot space on the site of a former Twin Peaks and Wheeling's restaurant row on Milwaukee Avenue is far larger than most dispensaries. The cafe with this bar is separate from the cannabis sales area. The owners hope someday to add cannabis consumption, uh, to add a cannabis consumption area. The store had a soft opening Wednesday with workers still painting and putting on finishing touches. The grand opening is scheduled for Friday. The 5050 restaurant group funded by Scott Weiner and Greg Moore operates the bakery and with their social equity partners plan to open two more OK Cannabis locations in West Town and Evanston in the coming months. West Town Bakery already has four locations in Chicago if they decide to expand there. Mayfield quoted one visitor as saying, the cafe was so comfortable, I could bring my grandmother here. 
Guests must show proof that they are 21 to enter the, the dispensary, but children with parents or guardians are only allowed in the cafe after a two-year um, delay in awarding licenses. The state awarded 192 dispensary licenses in 2002, but very few other licensees have been unable to open due to lack of financing and zoning and construction delays. Rather than buy and get out, uh, rather than the buy and get out experience at many dispensaries, Weiner said, the intent is for people to spend some time there, make it an experience. He said, "We believe this is the next iteration of the cannabis industry." The initial licensing of medical cannabis companies in Illinois in 2015 resulted in wealthy white males owning almost the entire industry. The subsequent licensing process was meant to favor social equity, quote unquote, applicants, generally defined as people living in areas with high rates of poverty or cannabis arrests, or those with low level marijuana arrests. But just six social equity dispensaries have opened, including three in downtown Chicago, plus OK, Altius and Road, um, Round Lake Beach and Ivy Hall and Crystal Lake. To simplify the process um, by eliminating applications, there were hundreds of pages long. The Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation is holding a new online application process through February 14th. So get them out there. Some applicants have said new selection criteria based on applicants living under privilege censored um, census tracts has complicated the process. Mayfield, an Air Force veteran, has majority ownership of the Wheeling and Evanston licenses. He said his full-time day job with CPS is separate from OK Cannabis. The Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation could not immediately be reached for comment late Wednesday. Pavar and his Indian American, uh, Pavar is Indian American and a senior fellow at the Economic Security Project and has worked with George Soros funded Open Society Foundations. He's also a partner, uh, has a partner, 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 partial ownership in all three licenses, including with another group called Canna Ventures at the West Town site with majority owners, Dr. Charles Anika Evans, an epidemiologist with Northwestern Medicine, and Nikki Hayes, former president of the LIUNA Local 1001 chapter in Chicago. And Jason is going to love this part. Pavar said the key to helping other licensees open is to pass the Federal Safe Banking Act and to allow <laughs> and to allow bank financing for cannabis companies and to reschedule or deschedule cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act, which we definitely should all agree on. Reporting for the High News Nine News Hour, this is Nick Wildstar, aka the Governor. Speak now, like I can't, <laughs> or forever hold your peace. Oh man, you know Nick. You know, my biggest thing with this place is they missed a golden opportunity. This place should be called the Crossfade. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great I mean, name, Jason. I, I don't, I, I don't understand why these people are missing out on these golden opportunities. But if the golden opportunity is opening it. Period. 
Okay, you, no, you the golden it a shithole. No, the golden you know, opportunity is not opening. Go. No, the golden opportunity is not is not is not <laughs> opening it. The golden opportunity is running it profitably for a number of years there you for go. generationally. There you okay? go. That there you is go. The but, goal, okay. It but, doesn't happen to just one day or one night or doing one thing. It's a series of things that you do repeatedly every single day over and over again. It's step and repeat to success, not just up. boom. Here I'm successful. Eh, get worked up. I'm saying the opportunity. I'm not saying success is a foregone conclusion. Most of these people fail and fall flat on their faces. I'm just saying, holy shit. This is fucking awesome. This is an opportunity for gold next year, two years, five years, 27 years. Okay. That's what I'm saying. And that's I mean, I dope. can't believe and they I would got totally this go group. there no matter what it was called. I want to know who approved this project through a planning check, though. That's going to be that. There's some government corruption right there. If you're from the Chicago area, though, Wheeling is not close to Chicago like at all. So uh, this is like, like rural suburbs. It's closer so. than anybody on stage is to Chicago. I like any establishment that adds a bakery to it. I mean, that's just a recipe for success. I love it. Oh, I see what you did there, Gretchen. Gretchen. I see what you did there. Uh If you heard the story correctly, there's two white guys that own the bakery. What they're doing is getting some people of color to qualify for their social uh, equity licenses so they can now throw a cannabis shop in the back. And That's so just the name of the game now. They huh? own more bakeries throughout, uh, I guess, the southern Illinois area. They're just going to take this one, and if it pops off, they're going to do it to the rest because they already own the majority of the licensee, uh, licenses with their partners. So it's a brilliant move in that aspect, you know what I'm saying? Because So, so what you, this, you could call this, you could call this a, a, a hood incubator? Oh, no. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> No. Uh, no. I wonder what kind of deal they're pulling together with the people that they're signing with. You know, I bet you they're not splitting the profits very evenly. Yeah, I, I, I wonder. I wonder who's going to be in control of running the weed store. Uh, I wonder who's going to get a uh, license. Follow the money, out. Rico. Yeah, I wonder who's going to get a license bought out in, uh, in in three years for less than a penny on the dollar. So I guess we can say it's not just the MSOs that do this. Hell no, nah, man. Like no. I'm just wondering about the flaky crust. If they're going to be butter or Crisco, that's what I want to know. Either the way, crust it's going to be white. Whole- butter or Crisco. Yeah, the crust is going to be white as hell. What if, it's, what if it's, I can't believe it's not butter? Oh, then it's going to be garbage. It's, it's going to be some boof pastry coming out of there. <laughs> 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 Terrible. I hope oh, they can laminate. I hope they can laminate. come up with kebab-ass edibles. That's yeah, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Good, good luck to them. Um, and this is going to be an excellent opportunity for Wheeling, Illinois, to get their crossfade on, as Jason said, as well. But um, let's keep it Let's keep it moving here. Um, the This Lone Star State activist and advocate and storyteller is the co-founder of Grow House Media and the host of the Feminized podcast where she interviews the dopest women in the game and provides tips on growing premium windowsill Delta 8 flower. Up next, you know who it is. It's Liz Grow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rico, for that amazing intro. Super excited to be back here. And the story that I'm sharing today, it's, it's a quick one and it goes along with the theme of what I've 
been uh, reporting on for the past couple weeks. It's the collapse of the California market. I am in Texas and I we are trying to learn what's going on. How is this market collapsing? And so I really want to post this story and then hear from you guys, the people who are in it, people who are experiencing it, just to get more um, insight, right? So this is from MJ Biz, and it's a former California industry leader, Flow Cannabis Co., mothballed as it seeks to survive. Flow Cannabis Co., which raised nearly $200 million to become the Whole Foods of Cannabis, has suspended all plant-touching activities and is attempting to sell off real estate after running out of cash. So the company burned through $24 million in 2021 and had sales of only about $11 million, according to investor updates. So Flow Cannabis, which is also known as Flow Canna, um, has leased licensed facilities to other companies and could be sold or merged with another company in the very near future. However, the goal coming from insiders is to survive until 2025. The company's difficulties uh, are a major fall from grace for a legal California marijuana business, and it illustrates the challenges facing the weed industry in Cali and beyond. What do you guys think about this? I'm Liz Grow. I'm reporting from Texas, and I want to know, what are your thoughts on the collapsing California market, and can anything be done? What can be done to save it? Mikey yeah, Steinmetz. Mikey Steinmetz, what are your, what are your yeah. thoughts, Jason, on Mikey Steinmetz? I mean, uh, I love the motto. I love the motto. What what, what is it again, uh, Liz? Stay stay in business till twenty twenty five. What's what's the slogan? How's it? Stay alive till twenty five. Stay alive till twenty five. Survive. The goal is to survive until twenty twenty five. The goal is to survive till twenty five. I'll tell you what. I I put that on a coffee go. He's willing to pay that 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 yearly business bill to keep the the moniker alive and in hopes that they'll get picked up. Is that what he's trying to do? I think I I, I I would guess so, or maybe maybe like there's some uh, some high interest rate payment that ends for him in 2025. Was there any accountability to get to that point? Was there any accountability mm. for that 25 million dollars that just went poof up in flames? I mean, I mean. <laughs> remains to be seen till 2025. We'll tell you in 2025, Rico. Yeah, apparently there's going to be a story coming out in 2025, and we'll make sure to cover it here first on High at Nine News. Uh, it's just, yes. you know, the I mean, farmers used to fail over a couple of generations, right? They just kept uh, uh, turning uh, turning farms from small family organizations into big uh, into into bigger companies, and uh, and making the farmers sort of basically just renting and working land and taking all of that uh, family pride out of the farming. And you know, it used to take a little bit longer to take the farmer and take them to their knees but uh the cannabis industry was pretty effective at it in like less than a decade well, you know they, they were, they're trying to stack a million licenses on top of each other in a, in a small ass warehouse hold on this is this is this, this is the best this is the best this is the best right here rico matthew st germain says i saw mikey buying multiple statues at burning man while high on drugs then came <laughs> home and fired everybody <laughs> Oh my I mean, God. can you picture Mikey firing everybody? 
what kind of statues? What, what kind of statues was he buying? Like you know, like lawn jockeys? Like <laughs> what I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe Matthew Saint Germain will throw throw some more Garden insight homes. into the chat as to what kind of what kind of statues were purchased. I hope it wasn't so, actually the Burning Man because he doesn't have anything to show for it. Then. So uh, you think it was just it's just bad management? It's just this is that's all it is. It's like this guy. No, is you know what? In all honesty, Liz is no, 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 no. It's, it's it's not it's not necessarily all bad management. What a lot of it is is a lot of gross over taxation and gross over regulation that eats up um eats up all the profits and all of the cash liquidity that comes into a business it's a government's fault more than yeah. it's the operator's fault because everyone is experiencing this not just them yeah hold on, know, I, and, 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 I, know, hold on. I know gretchen's gonna be I against what i say right here but this is this goes back to lifting up the cap on uh, on, on cultivation when they lifted up that cap on cultivation they opened up to everybody yep. this was um was supposed to save the small yes. farmer give them a chance to go against a uh, big uh big industry and all that shit. and what was it yep. it was steve d'angelo fucking's favorite bill it was a bait and switch from the fucking from the jump it was and a bait and switch fight billions of dollars mm -hmm. you can't have yeah. a right back against that shit. nope nope now there's now the ahead, cost Gretchen. of weed is so low warm enough yeah i can't believe you know i can't believe you don't have Wait. a fireplace shut up the fireplace is going okay. um, <laughs> your place looks like it has a, a fireplace I, that that's what i'm saying like she has but to have what are a you baking later i, I, I feel like you should be baking something later just to get more cozy i background. do i turn on the oven so i can get some heat and yes. then make a pie and live stream it you know what, Jagoffs? Listen up. I'm going to drop a nugget here that's important. Are you I dropping? think what a big issue with this industry has been is that everyone was like, oh, legalization's happening next week. It's coming. And all these operators, nobody prepared for Congress to take 10, 15 years to do this. Everyone kept saying, oh, it's going to happen 2020. It's going to happen 2022. People need to stop relying on Congress and have enough runway to run their damn businesses. And they I agree with you, Gretchen, but at the same time, government needs to get out of the way and stop this gross overtaxation and gross overregulation because it stymies entrepreneurship. I think if you're if you're relying on Congress to do anything, to help I'm not your business, relying on. I'm not. I'm not, not talking about. I'm not talking about Congress at all. I'm not talking about. I am not referring oh, to the federal man. government at all on this. I'm referring 100 percent to the California government. 100% to the California government, gross excise tax, 27% excise tax, sales tax over 10%, um, uh, all of these other taxes that are involved in all these different municipalities taxing every single part of the supply chain. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm talking about not relying on any government, finding your way around this shit, working loopholes, doing the great. Oh, so then, so then you're endorsing the trap market then, because that's the only I'm way around it. That's trap. that's what that is. That's an endorsement I for the trap. Yes, that is. That, that's I the only way around it, Gretchen. Jason Beck, I don't yes, endorse the trap. Yours. You, I you endorse the loopholes that have made place. your hallways golden. There, my friend. There are ways to do shit legally and do it right. And that's what people should be looking at. Market. Yeah, it's yeah. called the trap market, Gretchen. It ain't trap. We're not looking at trap. I'm not talking about trap. Jason, have you paid? Gretchen, did you get paid? I'm sorry. I've been I've been out. You've been no, missing. No, you money, no money. No money. <laughs> okay, let's go back to that. Okay. Where are we at right now with the interest? Let me tell you something. You do not have liberty from this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Gretchen. Hold on. Back in the days when I was in the when I was in the hood, lived in the hood, when uh -huh. our when our heater didn't work, you know what we would do? We would turn on the oven. 
I'm open that, I know open that, that up. But uh, but no, I got Gretchen's hundo right here. Look at that. Oh yeah, look at that. I'm waiting for a letter from Gretchen because otherwise I haven't seen Gretchen to give her the money, Liz. I got to see her in person to oh, give her the money. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know fire, she received it. Fire up the jet and just drop it off. I bet. Oh yeah. Seriously, a whole crowd from California to DC to tell these people how to get their shit in order. That's what mm -hmm. I want. Hey, big ups, uh, yeah, big ups to uh, uh, marketing because that's what Mikey Steinmetz got out of that. All those Forbes articles and everything, how one man's vision will save the California small market. Yeah, right. Get the fuck out of here. But, um, we are at the end of the show, everybody. Thank you all out there for tuning in with us for yet another episode of High at Nine News. You can always just weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos also known as the developing cannabis industry our vetted industry correspondent team tuning in from all over the global community bringing us much needed variety of perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation as well to our production team thank you cloud media partners house of fuego the wonderful jaja simone holding things down over in clubhouse keeping our av struggles to a minimum and to our haters call up chuck schumer man he needs something to talk about but anyways <laughs> i hope you all have had enough to put in your pipe and smoke it at least until tomorrow. My name is Rico Lamit, the dopest dad in the street. And just remember, y'all, when life gives you no place else to turn, you can always turn the fuck up. Let's take us out, Jason. Take us out. Take us out. Oh, oh yeah. Here we go. Have an amazing day, everyone. It's Thursday. It's almost Friday. Let's get it. Run it at him. <laughs>